0: comment and share. What's up everyone? It's be the Girl Economist. We have Caesar with us. And we have Monsieur Matthew Arret he is here with us. We oui, oui. Don't uh, ever doubt what we are going to tell you now. Uh, you can catch him over at risingtidefoundation.net, also, the risingsideundation.net. Also theadianpagere.org, Canadiandianpatre.org you can get his books which are bombastic and chock full of amazing information giving you the basics the foundation of what you need to understand of what is happening today you want to know what's happening in ukraine read the book you want to know what's going to happen in two years from now read the book matthew entails and details all the forces at play the architects the ideas the idioms all of which fashions and festoons the current geopolitical environment and crisis that we're in and where we're going to go Know the truth, know the game. Matthew Errett's book, get it, Matt. Without further ado, the
1: floor is yours. Damn! Ah, oh, that is so, you. You are a great promoter, man. I thank you for those kind words and and for uh, putting the the shining light on the book. I I don't know if it does all of those things, uh, but it definitely will make you uh smarter on a f- on a few very important points. In fact, um, yeah, I was really happy. I got my uh, my hard copies. Um, oh damn, I'm. My screen is all uh, um, pixelated a eh, blurry. Um, let me disable and re enable. It doesn't do anything. Not so I was going to show a picture of this book with Benjamin Franklin. Oh, is that uh, the third
0: volume?
1: Yeah, the third volume is here. But Hold unfortunately, it's all, it's all fuzzy. Oh,
0: you can get it. No, uh, you can see good. The birth of. My a camera Asian? is myopic. What is it?
1: Huh. Oh, Eurasian manifest.
0: Yo, yeah. dude. When is that bad boy coming
1: out? It's out. It's now officially out. It's ready. It's available. I'm like so. It's it's it completes the sort of trilogy. I'm really happy. Um, so if anybody wants a copy, if you don't have the money, just send me an email. I'll I'll send you a free one. And I, I like the fact that see part of the the, uh, the the way this thing kind of worked together as a trilogy is uh, the first one had a, an unfinished painting of Ben Franklin, right? Like the unfinished symphony. Yeah. So that was supposed to celebrate the the conclusion of the American Revolution in 1783 but the british didn't want to come and sit for the painting that's the, tr- the piece of paris uh, right. so it remained unfinished by benjamin west the, so that was sort of the idea is it's not the u.s is an unfinished symphony it's it's not it's an unfinished painting it didn't it was never complete or crystallized as many people have falsely be- let, been led to believe there's always been a deep state there's always been a fifth column loyal to a, a very satanic force that always remained within the united states acting sometimes like a patriotic american institution but never itself being patriotic um obviously the the whole growth of wall street was a london directed cancer within that you know if you want to know why every single american president dies you you can't understand it if you don't look at this british directed uh fifth column of wall street um and their their associated bureaucratic traders it won't make any sense so that's where that one came from then the the second volume has the uh Open versus closed systems with JFK He's a big new and a bunch of a big explosion. Oh, Ziggy, Ziggy, Ziggy! You no, know, his, his his son is the uh, ambassador to Poland, eh? Yeah, I didn't know that. It was, yeah, messed up. Yeah, well, that's and, the thing. And, like, when, when, it like, and, when and his daughter is with
0: a is with a uh, uh, a potential murdering murder suspect.
1: <laughs> Another
0: Ted Kennedy
1: kind of, yeah, in yeah, yeah. Yep. It's weird. Like, as soon as you're you're evil and sociopathic enough, you're endowed with a,
0: a magical ability dynasty
1: and... for your kids to oh, also yeah. be little sociopathic uh prostitutes for the empire. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know whether are you're, you're doing them a favor or not. No, you're actually condemning your kids. Like that's the that's the, the thing that blows my mind, right? The oligarchy, they actually really want to have these little dynasties for after they die for something for their kids and grandkids to also be a part of, as far as like house slaves, upper level management, but you're condemning your entire you know, all of your unborn kids to a life where they, they are just these brutal self-brutalizing anti-humanists who are like <laughs> these little igors, essentially, with, with yachts, but uh, nothing more than that. It's disgusting. It's filthy. And this is what God's Putin, as on. well, he, uh, he really intervened on this quite, and he's, he is currently intervening on this in a series of speeches, so is Glazyev, of the Russian fifth columns. Um, oh, good. You know, and, and we read some of the, one of the more recent speeches, but uh, I, one of the points that Blasiev just made uh, yesterday in an, in an op-ed is that uh, he went through the different techniques being deployed right now by the oligarchy to try to disrupt Russia through, you know, obviously everything going on in Ukraine. Everybody knows about that. Economic sanctions, which are, are doing a certain amount of damage still, you know. I, I mean, Russia's is doing well in the sense that they have China, they have the whole Eurasian alliance, but it's still hurting. Um, but he made the point as well that that struck me the way he said it um, is a concern that, you know, um, they the oligarchy by having confiscated a lot of the property, the yachts, the mansions of the uh, enemies of Putin, these Russian oligarchs who are living in sanctuary in Florida, New York, and London, uh, Glazyev made the point like they are they are being used right now, these greedy scumbags um, to or being th- basically uh, offered bribes saying we will unrelease your your confiscated assets your yachts and everything else if you do what you got to do as far as like a coup d'etat in russia is concerned now glasiev is pretty optimistic that this is not going to work but it's still a it's a this is an important factor in the the big game as well right uh, to keep that in mind because putin's doing a quite he's doing a good job but there are these points of weakness that uh that are worth keeping in mind as well so that's that's a point of concern but overall, the uh, the thing that really got me, did you guys see this uh, interview that just went up of uh, Zelensky's former advisor who gave an interview in Russia? No. Oh, it's good. Uh, yeah, I'll do a little share screen here. Um, he basically, it's a bit of an embarrassment, I think, for, uh, for some people. Um, let me just open it up here. Oh, shit. You guys don't see that, eh? no uh share screen i can hear it oh okay i got it sure all right see that guy you see andre bogdan okay yes he's the former as it says head presidential administration of of ukraine the the advisor to uh zelensky up until 2020 and uh it's short thirty-six second piece, but he basically just blew the whistle because everybody is obviously glorifying Zelensky as the, the modern Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and it's the Russians who are you know holding back all diplomatic peaceful channels uh to end this conflict. No. He literally just well, you gotta just hear him. <inaudible>
2: с того, что он хотел найти какое-то решение там проблемы. Не знаю, из каких побуждений в политический. Мне кажется, что мы его как-то жёстко кинули. Вот. Пообещали одно,
0: сделали другое. Да. Да обещали одно, не сделали ничего. Я. Вау. There you go but 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 i thought the 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 you know the the you know saint cocaine zelensky over there the one who can't do no wrong who is the second coming of jesus christ himself the savior of the world martin luther king and gandhi all rolled up into one uh he he is looking quite terrible at
1: this point matt that's an understatement now they're they're really uh feeding him whatever is needed to keep him going on you know we know that on the ground you've got the um the Azovs and the others being fed war drugs galore. I don't, they're this guy. I mean, everybody knows this guy's a a cocaine head, you know, he had, he had at one point he was like tripping out and uh, he made like some sloppy selfie, kind of like a Roseanne bar moment, you know, and he's just like ranting. And and at a certain point he's like, I love my kids. And he like turns his phone to his desk (laughs) in the presidential or whatever, whatever, office he was in you know he shows you his desk with the pictures of his kids and right below the picture of the kids you've got obvious lines of cocaine of course (laughs) he he tried to like brush off the belt (laughs) (laughs) just terrible yeah uh it's it's wildly absurd but this guy is is pathetic as well and and they're just working so hard to just i don't know how you know it's really a game of perception in the mind of the oligarchy reality doesn't exist it's all about who can just shape perceptions and uh you know, like even uh, what was it? The Mind Wars thing, right? Like Mind Wars was a NATO document where they literally laid it out saying like, I, I got the quote here. I just wrote it down for a presentation I did this morning just to remind people like how the battle is being played in the document from 2020. The NATO architects of this thing, they point out that, you know, conventional warfare has been asymmetrical. It's been proxy warfare. It's been economic warfare. It's been hard work, like old school warfare, you know, kinetic and then uh, he says, "But there's a new 21st century type of warfare that will become the main priority." And he says it directly. He says, "While actions taken in the five domains of warfare are executed in order to have an effect on hu- on the human domain, cognitive warfare's ob- objective is to make everyone a weapon." And qu- questions like, "Is he talking about Americans? He's talking about Russians? Is he talking about Chinese people? What's he? He's talking about everybody, right?" Uh, this is what this is what NATO is talking about. It's make everybody a weapon. The brain will be the battlefield of the 21st century. Humans are the contested domain. Future conflicts will likely occur amongst the people digitally first and then physically thereafter in proximity to hubs of political and economic power. Um, the human, the human, right? It's the way they, they speak like uh, like, they're, like they're not really human. They're, they're looking at these weird things called humans that we have to uh, manipulate. The human is very often the main vulnerability and it should be acknowledged in order to protect NATO's human capital, but also to be able to benefit from our adversaries' vulnerabilities. The objective of cognitive warfare is to harm societies and not only the military. That's that's a direct quote. I didn't I didn't make
0: that up. We are human resources. Yeah. You know, you want to really nosedive into that, right? If you want to yeah. do a deep dive. Mm. It was right after nineteen twenty nine. Right, mm. right after 1929, when the United States—and this has been scrubbed from a lot of history books—but there have been a couple of writings. In fact, there was a congressional law that was uh, 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 that came into being, which is HJR 192, because of it. And uh, that is in 1929. There was a a default, and this is right in the in the height of the Great Depression. There was a default uh, by the United States on its debt, and this is when there was a. A financial or a, a or a or a reordering, and this is you know shortly thereafter you've had a restructuring of uh, of America's debt. This is when the Social Security program shortly came out. Afterwards, you've had the, um, I believe, when did the IRS come into being? I think was that right I after, heard. IRS um, nineteen thirteen. I heard. I, I think, think it was like right before the, Federal, right Reserve the Federal, Federal Reserve Act was signed. Act. Right. Yeah, right after the Federal Reserve Act was signed. Correct. So then you have the social security programs that came out right afterwards after the 29 crash. And one of the things that was done by the banksters is to re-term, or to term, uh, use the terminology that we are human capital, human resource. And if you look at every American social security card, and this is actually true, you flip to the back of the card, you have an alphanumeric number, right? Mm. And that is actually a bond number. You can actually go – I can pull up a Bloomberg terminal, take, let's just say – you know, uh, C.J.'s uh, social security card, and in the front it will say C.J. El Cuco Gonzalez, right? But I punch out that bond number, and all of a sudden, boom, he's actually traded as a financial instrument. This is the reason why, if you look at both the Democrats and the Republicans, remember during Obama's time, right? Under his tenure, what did he do? He cracked open the southern border. And then we had the what was known as the migrant train. It was a literal... Uh, yeah. Train that we saw yeah. the pictures of people hanging off uh, the 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 you know thousands of people hanging onto a train coming up to the north, and what was the one thing both the Republicans and the Democrats were very cohesive in doing? Passing out what social security cards. Now, on one level, they'll say it's yeah. for taxation purposes, but the other level is this: it's a financialized instrument; it has a monetary value. It is a fine, there's a derivative on the social security card that is traded. So you technically are a human resource. You technically are traded in Wall Street. This goes to every facet of, of American society. Even down to a court case. You get pulled over in New York, you get a ticket. You go, you know, you go to the courthouse, you try to pull the docket number. There's actually two docket numbers. There's a longer docket number. Or I forgot the exact name. It's called. I think it's called the full breadth docket number, or something like that, right? The the actual full docket number, which is yeah, I yeah. believe about fifteen or sixteen digits. You punch that into a Bloomberg terminal, right? What we use in, in in stock trading, right, on the street, and all of a sudden you find out your 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 court case is something that's traded upon as a derivative. Every aspect. This is the nefarious financial aspect that not very people. Have even seen or know about? It's something I'm very privy to. It's, yeah, it's that's wild. interesting. And
1: how? I mean, because this is something that I also haven't really researched. So yeah. what you're saying is is uh, piquing a think, lot of my curiosity. Um, Thinking this. So how do you? How does that monetize? Like once it's what type sure. of derivatives do they associate? How do they justify it in their fucked up logic? Yeah. Um, as, as being something you could tie a derivative to and, and then monetize through bets and other things. Like how does that work? And how I'm, does I'm still how does trying it increase to increase or decrease. Uh, yeah. Financially, uh, based upon your your tickets or not or whatever your your life's decisions, how how does that affect the value of whatever your social security? The
0: the actual multipliers and metrics are still the, you know something that I'm digging through. It's it's a very closely guarded thing. It's, it's something that I'm trying to get all the details on on what okay. derivative market specifically. But I will tell you a couple of hints and clues that has given us a a picture of what has been happening. Do you remember during the 2008 financial collapse, right? And if you remember back in 2012, 2013, and I, you know, back then I actually uh, came out with the warning that there's going to be there's going to be hit teams in operation in Wall Street that you know bankers are going to get start getting killed and they're going to start you know um, calling it a suicide, right? And shortly thereafter, I was infamous of this. Bloomberg, Bloomberg Vision actually did a hit piece on me, calling me crazy for saying it. Right. So that's, that's how you know this. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as soon as I went with my warning in November, uh, November 2012, and again in January of 2013, on no less a Canadian radio show, okay, um, I put out that warning. And th- th- then soon thereafter, I believe it was Gabriel McGee that was thrown to his death from the 33rd floor on J.P. Morgan's headquarters in London, in the city of London. Then, uh, right after that, uh, Ryan, Jesus Christ, I forgot his name, Ryan uh, Ryan King, I forgot what his actual last name was, but this guy named Ryan, J.P. Morgan's head of trading in New York City was also killed. He was 36 years old, died mysteriously from a heart attack in his room. Now, the funny thing is this. One thing that I know from working on the street is this. New York and London always talks. Who was Gabriel McGee? Well, he was the head of trading and he was the head of IT. Who was Ryan? Ryan was the, was the head of uh, trading, was the head of IT. So Gabriel and Ryan know each other. Gabriel and, uh, and Ryan know all the trades. What was happening in 2013 that was so egregious, that was so sideways, that it was bringing a lot of heat? The Libor, London... was one of them. This is the precursor to Libor, and this is how it affects Libor. Oh man, I'm, I'm saying a lot of shit right now. Here we go. Do you remember the London Whale trade? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. London yeah. Whale, the famous trader. Who, oh, his name, his name escapes me at the moment. I know the guy. Yeah. Um, his trade, when J.P. Morgan was bragging that they've had over 360 some odd days with no trading losses. Then the London Whale trade happened, and the trade went sideways. Okay, and that London—I'll tell you that—that that trade that went sideways, London Whale. Uh, yeah, here we go. London Whale, uh, J.P. Morgan. That at that time they said, "Oh, it was only, you know, it's only—you know—it's only a, a one billion dollar trading loss, right?" Then one billion dollar known uh, became, you know, six point two billion. Right? And then $6.2 became $21.3 And I said, listen, this trading loss is north of $120 billion, Okay? And that, uh, uh, that's the name, Bruno Ixel. That's the London Whale. the whale. Uh, the trading loss is north of $120 billion. Most of it was on Chinese gold was the underlying asset that was held by the Bank of England that was derivatized and traded on what market? Well, the IDEN-9 derivative market. Now, here's the funny thing. The IDEN-9, the IDEN-9 derivative market, is intimately connected to LIBOR. It is one of the ways that they were, they were uh, um, uh, um, doing all sorts of leverage trade based upon LIBOR contracts that were also thrown into the IDEN-9 interest rate swap market. In other words, what this like all means is- artificial- yeah. With so the whole- just,
1: just just a yeah. quick. So on on LIBOR, if I if I recall, it was the the interest rates that were kind of being manipulated to make them appear one way. Whereas bingo. and there was like slight variations bingo. that were inducing bingo eight hundred trillion billions of dollars of, of laundering and, and eight hundred trillion dollars
0: on. worth of of loans. But because they're yeah. pegging the interest rate, that's right. oh man, I'm getting deep here. Whew. All right, I might get a phone call later tonight, but here we go. <laughs> so- <laughs> the uh the line was just one aspect of it and that was that affected 800 and tr- 800 trillion dollars worth of lending globally mm. but that was peanuts the bigger oh my the bigger play and if you wonder why The derivative market was 1.4 quadrillion dollars. If you wonder why that, out of that 1.4 quadrillion dollars, that 80% of it was just in interest rate swaps. What were they interest rate swapping? What was the underlying uh, derivative, the underlying asset, right? Really, the underlying asset that all the derivatives on IR swaps were based out of. They were betting on those great agreements that they were doing on LIBOR completely illegal creating trillions and quadrillions of dollars of churn daily okay money created out of thin air mm-hmm. false profits three created out of thin air that is yeah. pretty much dark money okay that's what they were doing but while they were doing this this creates all sorts of reverberations in the physical capital markets. Why was it that during this time that all of a sudden you, you have all this trading happening with derivatives and, and, and all the stimulus, and people couldn't figure out why, with all the stimulus, with all this quote-unquote lending going on, why was capital malformation occurring? Why was there capital destruction occurring? Why was there money velocity going yeah. it, it, it's, a, it's You're talking about the greatest parasitic drain occurring on a monetary system caused by this. This was the monster that they've been cooking up under the thing. And this is why the west is in a lot of trouble, right? And because mm. all of it is financialized, all of it is derivatized, and this is ties into what green new deal and carbon credits, okay? Right. Carbon right, right, credits right. is an escape valve to relieve the pressure from this bomb that they've built that they have no way out of, they've taken the profits from it, but the toxicity, the ticking time bomb is there. The only way out is carbon credits. And this is why, as an American or any Westerner, you have a Social Security card or a Social Security number, you're financialized. Your credit score is going to get ramrodded into this. And a a composite derivative based upon your credit score, based upon your Social Security number, based upon... Uh, your 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 uh your uh uh your social credit score right all of that's going yeah, to be yeah, 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 yeah. derivatized and traded right. tenfold so you're a financial instrument this is the reason why the united states if you're a us citizen you go live abroad they still want to do what tax you there's only really two countries in the world that does that the united states and an african country called it, 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 you know it, 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 that's about it so this is all ties in into this. This is like major, major, major stuff that no one in the mainstream space or the alt space even talks about.
1: That's amazing. No, that's that's really quite something. And I, I hadn't really quite conceptualized the the social uh, insurance number aspect of of the whole uh, like scheme. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of discussion about the the fact. Obviously of the digital IDs and the biometrics and all this other crap that people like Bill Gates talk about as being very much uh, a high priority in bringing online this new, uh, system that they ejaculate over in their, in their wet dreams. You know, um, they really want to have that because it does give us, Eric gives, it gives them, (laughs) um, the, the control needed to modify people's behavior, um, into whatever they want us to be. So, what you're saying now about how this ties into the financial system and the the derivative system um, that's it, that is very interesting. I hadn't really thought about it that way before. Um, hmm. Hmm. And you're saying this goes back to uh, the 1930s, um, the, the, the the bringing online of this practice of, the, uh, yeah, of, of financializing. Of yeah. financializing people
0: yeah, yeah be- because when you look at the central banker right the central banker's vision his fantasy and when you get mm-hmm. to anybody in any central banking especially when you get to the, these these real hyper you mm-hmm. know technocratic e- elites their fantasy's always been the philosopher's stone mm-hmm. their fantasy's always been a- able to turn stone into gold right or whatever it touches right any sort of lesser thing so what they what the central banker has done, is they have, through the power of perception and through the force of fiat or edict, convinced the world that paper is more valuable and more powerful than gold. That paper is more valuable than physical production. That paper is more valuable than industry. And Mm -hmm. that paper is Mm -hmm. the financial instruments, the fiat currencies, the monetary systems on which the entire Western world is built on.
1: Right, you know. I mean, the irony of the whole thing, though, ultimately, is that the oligarchy, whenever they do achieve these sorts of things, um, it's not like it ultimately benefits them in the long run either. They just sort of create a a cage that they themselves have to now sit in, in with its own limitations. And I I was just thinking a little bit about the uh, the Midas Touch story. Yeah, you know, the story of King Midas, who just really wanted to have the power of turning everything into gold. He was obsessed with gold. Now, at this time, I'm for. Don't get me wrong. I'm for gold back uh, uh, system of of money, the way hopefully Russia will do sooner than later, um, as far as pegging the uh, the rouble to to gold. But there's a fight in Russia around uh, traders who don't want to do that in the the Russian central bank and people like like uh, uh, Glazyev and others who are very much for that and understand that that's an existential important. Uh, fact but then the story of king midas is great because you know king Midas finally gets what he wants and everything he gets turns to gold and he's super happy but then he realizes at a certain point well i have to eat yeah and uh everything he touches chicken cake whatever becomes gold and it doesn't take long for him to realize that this was a real pirate victory and um and he's gonna basically die this is his his wish to get what he wants and it being fulfilled is ultimately the thing that seals his fate um, it's kind of like that for the oligarchy too, right? I mean, I, you look at what they, if they get this green new deal system, if they wire the whole structure of, of value onto activity, which is going to reduce the capacity to sustain, um, civilization, you know, down to their computer models, I think they want a billion, maybe 2 billion as far as their computer models, uh, say that that's what's sustainable, so let's say they do that. They, get a, they shut down the food and agricultural system. They shut down the industrial base, right? They get everybody addicted to um, decarbonization with windmills and solar panels that are somehow carbon neutral, although yeah. it's not true, right? Uh, the fact is you've you got to produce a lot of, of pollution. To, uh, to just mine the materials, the rarer earths and other things, just to we build a solar panel uh, in the first place, which is way more destructive than any type of natural gas company you can imagine. Um, the other thing too, is like, let's say they, they then all of a sudden create assets, like the, these weird green assets for ecosystems. Yeah. Oh, this is what you're getting at here on the, on the screen, exactly. Let's say now they have a new type of asset class that allows you to then say, okay, this ecosystem with its level of biodiversity is going to be worth this amount of money that we can then like insure, trade, and, uh, and this is what they're already doing. Yeah. So let's say they do that, and everything then becomes untouchable, or all of the parts of the world, what is it, 30-30, right? 30% of the world's surface is going to be untouchable uh, by 2030. So... At that point, they're going to shut down the means by which they themselves need to, um, you know, like the oligarchy hates the creative thoughts that cause new technologies to come into being. But they need to use electricity. They need to use the, the, the means of production that were created originally by smart people not thinking in an oligarchical way. So then without that, without that, they themselves end up atrophying as well, just like the Roman Empire did when it finally achieved what it wanted and and ultimately the last couple hundred years was just them decaying and decaying and and then parasitically fighting each other so families were backstabbing other ruling families when when scarcity got like higher and higher over generations in the Roman Imperium um to the point that they just dis like they were looted and destroyed by finally viscots and vandals and huns uh that were more than happy just to like you know do a rampage
0: yeah and, that and that's a- it's and it's the same thing. It's like there's a point when these guys think that they're literally the most dangerous thing that can, ha- the most dangerous thing that can happen to elites of a country or a civilization, is for them to start believing their own BS. And they've and the problem with the Western oligarchs and the Western elites, they believe their own BS. They believe that they can manage and control chaos, and that is something that Ian Malcolm in Jurassic Park, the first, the first, you know. The first movie has carefully showed all of us: you cannot control chaos. You know, chaos is 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 uncontrollable, and life does find a way. And this is the problem with them: the in their in their obsession to somehow be the lords of destiny and to escape death, they themselves have created a death machine that they themselves will not escape from. It's a nihilism, and you see it within their own within, within those that follow their very worldviews. You
1: know, I uh, I based on what you're saying, I have to show you this one minute 45 second uh clip. You, you have to see this, okay? This is what Bill yeah, is now funding, okay? In, in terms of like wow. unleashing chaos, <laughs> this is the guy who's like putting millions and millions of dollars into the project to uh fight global warming by blocking out the sun by releasing particles that they think can then reduce the uh, solar impact onto the earth by a factor of whatever, 10% or something, and then fight climate change. So this is the, this is the guy who's doing that. This is the other project that they're, they've begun in Florida and California. Check this out.
2: Millions of genetically modified mosquitoes are set to be released in California and Florida to reduce the number of disease-carrying mosquitoes. The Environmental Protection Agency on Monday approved the plan to further test the modified insects. The,
1: mosquitoes were- the EPA approved this. This is the EPA that won't allow you. You have to wait nine years to cut through red tape in the EPA if you want to just like have a an extra bus stop in your city. Um, they approved releasing genetically modified mosquitoes indiscriminately to, well, she'll say why.
2: and melinda gates foundation in an attempt to prevent insect-borne diseases such as dengue fever yellow fever and the zika virus
1: it's like how how serious has dengue fever and zika fever been in florida and california over the past century like nothing you're gonna like it's a joke (laughs) and you're gonna do this to stop something that hasn't been an issue and i don't think ever in florida and california okay but anyway
2: the genetically modified male mosquitoes do not bite will be released into the wild where they are expected to mate with females to pass on a lethal gene that will effectively ensure their offspring die before being maturity millions of the mosquitoes were released in the florida keys last year in a test project and the epa has
1: authorized the- that's right it already happened <laughs> it, it, it i didn't notice that i didn't see that in my newspaper uh yeah it's already a thing and
0: we don't know what this is going to do in the ecosystem no, we have I no it. idea what these things will do. These yeah. p- these men are playing w- like godlike games, and they don't know what the hell they're
1: doing. It's, it's sick. It's absolutely atrocious. I mean, I'm smiling because it's like absurdly, almost sickly funny. Because I mean, what, But yeah, it's absolutely sick. And here we keep going. And four
2: counties in California pending approval from the state's regulators. However, there have been concerns about what impacts releasing the mosquitoes could have on public health as well as the environment. Dana Pearls, food and technology program manager with Friends of the Earth, an environmental advocacy organization, told USA Today, this is a destructive move that is dangerous for public health.
1: Okay, well, that was one common sense voice, but it's not stopping them. So yeah, this is just, I mean, one of many things, like I said, this is the same Bill Gates who's blocking out the sun. That's not me making that up. They're actually like, this is not just the matrix script. Not that, not that they want like the whole sun to be shut down, but they actually think, according to their computer equations, that it's a good idea and that it's viable to spray aerosols um, with, I think, some form of light carbon that will cause the reflection of the sun's rays before they like enter into the atmosphere. And that thus reduce like five to 10% of the overall mean heat, like average heating of the earth by 2050, by doing this every single day, Um, like no, no consistency with themselves, because for the past 30, 40 years, the whole argument has been to be good and eco-friendly is to be sustainable, meaning respect nature uh, as you see it, even if that means shutting down infrastructure, shutting down things that would otherwise alleviate human beings from poverty, right, And, 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 uh, and scarcity. If that means making people suffer, you do it because nature is pristine. It's a, it's a sacred balance. And here you go with these people actually pushing to release mosquitoes to fo- fundamentally... Is it just mosquitoes? Is that all you're going to do? You're going to like remove the mosquitoes and then nothing else changes in the ecosystem? I'm not, I'm not against modifying the ecosystems. I'm not against that. I don't believe in fixed ecosystems. I think we can make ecosystems better or worse, depending on the wisdom or folly of the ideas we put into action, Right. I think you can green a desert and have more biodiversity. I don't think a desert is a natural thing. And, uh, oh, my God, who just, V or CJ, who just shared that screen? What is this?
0: CJ's uh, link with uh, researchers turn mosquitoes into flying vaccinators. Here's a study to file under unworkable but very cool. A a group of Japanese researchers, because they're a bunch of patsies and lapdogs of of Western oligarchs, uh, has developed a mosquito that spreads vaccines instead of disease. Even the researchers admit, however, that the regulatory and ethical problems will prevent the critics from ever taking wing. But don't worry, Bill Gates is there to fund you with some cash and <laughs> yep. release it near a state near you. Wow, it's insane. That
1: is, you can't make this stuff up, eh? This is actually that's Science Magazine. Yeah, okay. Ha! Look at that. Well, you know, look. I mean, as far as if we're if we're going down the this path here, like the uh, there's currently. They're already doing this, but they're trying to create now laws to advance this even more. Oh, yeah. Could mosquitoes deliver malaria vaccines? Oh, that's that can't be misused. Great. Yeah, of course. Of course, they're thinking on these terms. Bill
0: Gates cares about us.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. This is the guy who was like found, you know, he He is the most hated guy in like Bangladesh and India because he was complicit in providing tetanus vaccines, funding and bankrolling, including in Kenya, that sterilized God knows how many millions of women between the age of 16 and 45 who got tetanus vaccines sponsored by Gabby and the Bill Gates Foundation, um, which simply accidentally just mistook one of the important molecules inside their body that is important for placental formation and just kill bad instead. Oops! What a mistake. Oh yeah, and there's the sociopath in action right there, eh? He probably got he scored a lot of points by from his masters for for holding on to this thing. That was this during the Yeah. Uh, I,
0: I I I can't wait till this guy drops dead. I really can't wait. He, he needs to die. Soros needs to die. They need to just drop dead. I can't wait.
1: Not that we're advocating this at all. It's just no, we're not just advocating just violence. We just want the we, want the we want the natural
0: not... course of events to take place. Hopefully, you know, he gets uh, COVID or. One of
1: his genetically modified mosquitoes bite him and put an and end it, to him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In a totally natural way that has nothing to do with anything we're saying. Um, now, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pathetic. But this is the thing. Like these are just synthetic, quasi autistic Asperger type. You know, I I mean, you could be a moral, well put together person with with autism, and I don't I don't want to downplay that. But I'm just saying, like they select certain types of like people. Um, whether it was Isaac Newton back in the day, autistic Isaac Newton. Um, who had just not a developed sense of self-identity. There, like his ability to self-reflect in a, in a way that has your humility tied to your identity. And that's just, it's inhibited in certain types of, of people. And when you look at, yeah, people like, like this, they're ideal. They just, they don't have access to the, that sense of compassion in, in a strong enough way. And that's inflamed, especially by his programming that he was given when he was a kid handled by by people I can't even imagine um, and approved of by his father, Bill Gates Sr., Planned Parenthood eugenicist himself. You know, it's like what we were saying at the beginning, right? you pity these people who they want to be so evil and in bed with the right powerful groups like uh, uh, Bill Gates Sr., right, who really just wanted to be liked by David Rockefeller um, such that he was so happy that his little kid was going to be used by the, uh, the oligarchy or anybody on these uh, – these um oh, there's chemtrail thing there, Yep. well, that's another thing, right, so you got weather modification things, all sorts of weird things that have been used which demonstrate that the the actual oligarchy doesn't adhere to their own principles right the idea of of respecting nature is really just for the plebes uh not for themselves that's why you also you know you have things like um uh, um I guess what're what we we're, what we're seeing there are all the different uh, planes right that's the uh yeah, yeah, uh. And what you see like with, uh, you know, Prince Bernhard or Prince Philip of the Netherlands going on safari, killing like endangered species, where these are the guys who co-founded the World Wildlife Fund for Nature, which is supposed to be all about protecting the sacred, pristine, untouchable nature, right? That's the whole point of why these things were somehow brought online. But they have no problem personally going to shoot a white rhino. Uh, You know, they don't care because they don't they don't believe that the laws apply to them they, they believe that laws and, and questions of like virtue are just something to be used as tools to enslave and keep their victims in a shadow cave um, of good obedience. They don't actually believe in justice and morality they, they believe that they're above and beyond that because they're the true elites right it's really self- aggrandizing godlike uh, godlike complex. Um, which is a sickness. I mean, these are people who are suffering from a deep spiritual sickness, which has been passed. It's a psycho-spiritual imp- sickness that's been passed on for thousands of years. It's something that, that humanity has to eventually cure itself of if we're going to be our, our true nature. Um, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. I was going to say something else and I forget what it was. But oh yeah, that was it. You know, if you, if you get down to it, like they've got a whole fake science of, of ecology, which they've promoted from the sixties, especially that, that are all premising. It It all premises itself on the assumption that you can model an, an ecology, an ecosystem of the earth are using, using a computer analog. And just like a computer analog has certain, it's a binary system with certain input output. It's a fixed system by its nature. Um, there's only so much energy within that closed system. Cause all closed systems only have so much amount of energy to keep the, the parts moving, right? Every motion requires heat which requires energy. Um, So in time, all closed systems burn out, right? They just run out of energy to maintain themselves and you get a heat death. Now, what's been done as part of this Gnostic religious Satanism masquerading as a science in our society, which there's not a single domain of human thought that is not infected by this, is that the entire- You you nailed
0: it, man. You nailed it. Satanic system masquerading as science.
1: That, well, they've, they've gotten us to become convinced that we have to, like, allow for, for mass child sacrifice, you know, or mass human sacrifice on, it's not called an altar to Sybil as it was under the uh, the Roman Empire period, or the cult of Isis or, or Mithra or Apollo, as it was back then. It's called different things. It's called uh, decarbonization, you know, being, uh, or it's called the beauty market, right? Just look, there, there's on the London Guardian, um, an article going through the amount of, this explosion of aborted fetuses from Ukraine specifically, that's like the, the center of the world fetus market that gets bought up by the beauty market. Uh, you know, S- Vidal Sassoon and all of the other beauty uh, conglomerates, they buy this stuff up for their chemicals when they want to have like rejuvenating creams. That's, that's what you're getting on top of the vaccines right look at the mr like they are, they're actually utilizing aborted fetal tissue for even the the construction of a lot of the ingredients that go into the next generation of vaccines that they're putting online and yeah this is if it, we might be told oh it's just an we didn't think of that or something no they thought about this stuff they thought about the the consequence of getting people to want to uh you know sp- like suffer in frigid uh, winters to fight Putin, so that we do, we pay more for gas that we can't afford now, so that so that we we stop evil Putin. They're actually trying to get people to think like, oh yeah, I'm being a patriot of the world and a great humanist by paying double or triple for my gas um, and watching grandma you know freeze to death um, this winter. That's the what is this? No, no. Since you, since you went the satanic route, uh, Matthew, okay. I'm not sure how much okay. time that you delved into it in regards to CERN, right? Oh, yeah. And and the um, people have been commenting a lot around the the goal in regards oh. to uh,
0: the admin future. And their goal is to potentially uh, open up portals and open up different things. And this was part of their opening ceremony, which was their satanic ritual
1: into what their goal is with CERN. Yeah. Um, there, there's very good videos that go into detail in regards to the entire. Opening ceremony, what it meant, what it entails, uh, but I think it's very dark. I think I, I think it is. And they so and they use. I, I, uh, yeah, I watched that too, and uh, that was like, yeah, not that long ago. Their opening ceremony was absolutely satanic as hell. This is not from that ceremony, though. This is from something else, isn't it? Oh, no, it uh, I is. think. Okay. I think. No, yeah. this is a, the
0: the opening of the Swiss Tunnel. The Swiss, yeah,
1: oh no, no, because no, I was thinking of the Swiss Tunnel, but this is the CERN thing because they're 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 both evil Swiss satanic uh ceremonies that opened up otherwise you would think good things right particle accelerator is not intrinsically a bad thing a, 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 a tunnel for rail is not a bad thing It's a, but here you go look at that that is that is really what they did hey eh? look at that there's also
0: hey, why is the west obsessed with it i'm trying to get to the psyche of this crap uh,
1: like why are they obsessed well it's because the roman the roman oligarchy never really disappeared right these are this is just um newly costumed uh cults that were um approved of by the committee the committee of 15 that controlled the Sibylline books of ancient rome the ancient roman empire that were you know this is the the book's that were finally destroyed in, I think, the fifth century, but they were they were there from the, the 500 B.C. to 500 A.D., um, and they were the, comp- the compilations of the mutterings of the of the of the, the of Apollo as spoken through the drug, the drugged up dope priestess who would get raped, bang raped uh, by these these, uh, you know, priests of Apollo at Delphi. And they recorded some of these mutterings that would then be interpreted by the experts. It was, it was like a consensus body of experts called the Committee of Fifteen. They ran all of, if, if Rome was going to make a decision, especially after it became an empire, um, in terms of a decision to go to war, a decision to make peace, like do we go to war with Carthage or do we uh, continue our peace treaty with Carthage? Well, let's go, let's go and say what, see what the, uh, the Committee of Fifteen says we have to do. And they will tell you what the gods, what Apollo, who is otherwise known as Zeus, who's otherwise known as Marduk. It's all just different names. In Babylon, it was called Marduk, right? That was the cult of Apollo. It was Marduk. And then when they they took over, that was the 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 the, the king of cults. So you had like subcults, each one getting a um um a license to operate um within the the cult. So it's a you know it, it's kind of a pyramidal system. The high, the highest one was the priests of, of Marduk. That when they took over Persia, at a certain point, Babylon wasn't getting what it needed to do. It needed a a more economically mighty power, and so it subverted and took over control of Persia. That's when Cyrus the Great, you know, went and uh, when when he basically, they say he conquered Babylon. Not really. Like, the first thing he did when he got into the gates of Babylon is he paid homage to Marduk. That was the first thing he did. He sacrificed and paid homage to Marduk. And then I, you know, say what you want about Sir Cyrus the Great. Maybe he had some good sides. Maybe he did. I'm I'm open to that possibility. But I can guarantee you, like all those who came after him, continued to expand a new global hegemon, a one-world a one government. Effectively, was their aim to subdue the entire world under a system of sanctioned cults, and you know, these involve self-castration, self-mutilation to purify yourself. Um, orgies and other cults, uh, there was a lot of psychotropic material being utilized. Like I mentioned, the, the cult of Delphi, right, had the priestess who was like, they, they had this thing over a, over a crater that was just releasing chemicals that were psychotropic, and, and she was just constantly just out of it. Um, and who would then interpret the tea leaves, the, the guts of the whatever the animal was that you cut and spilled open, right? Who would be the seers? Who would interpret the mutterings of the, of the doped up um, oracle? Well, it would be the priests who would be parts of the family structures that ran and maintained their continuity. And after Persia got its ass kicked at a certain point by uh, some of the followers of uh, of Plato, people like, you know, the, the Platonic Academy, especially Xenophon and uh, the next generation after Xenophon who led the com- the, the, the campaign of the 10,000 into Persia at a certain point, right, which failed. And then and then the 10,000 had to get out after their, their leaders were all killed. It was Xenophon, who was Plato's main guy, uh, who, who was working closely with Plato the whole time to create a philosopher king and, and destroy the power structures of the, of the Persian Empire, the, the, the new Babylon. Um, and they succeeded to a certain extent at keeping Greece from becoming a slave state under the, the Persian Empire. There's all sorts of stories, right, the, that are popularized even in Hollywood, like the 300 from Leonidas and that story. But yeah. it. Uh, you know, Socrates, is, Socrates, the, the the teacher of Plato, ends up um, dying for false accusations by by the demos that had come under the full control of the cult of Delphi at that point, and the the different sophists that had infused themselves into the 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 elite culture of of Athens. So, you know, Alexander the Great recognizes that Aristotle, who is trying to uh, Brainwash him, and and he's known as like Aristotle's student. No, he he fires Aristotle. He actually accuses Aristotle of trying to brainwash me, and he brings in the actual Platonists, who then work very closely to form and, and bring him into a state of real wisdom. And he just destroys. He subverts his father, who was supposed to be a martial lord for for Persia, Philip of Macedon, right? And what does he do? He subverts his own dad destroys his dad's slavish uh, wannabe kingdom and then goes and destroys Persia. And for 14 years, you've got a new type of Hellenistic kingdom stretching all the way into the depths of of India and Afghanistan, building the most beautiful architecture that you could still see, Um, like golden section architecture with um, naturalistic artwork. The first expressions of the Mahayana Buddha were done according to uh, Greek um, Greco aesthetics, Um, Again, all utilizing the golden section proportions. It was a complete, that's the kingdom of Bactria um, or Gundara. That's what it's called today. And this whole thing was like a completely different approach to governance. It was not designed around the idea of just extracting wealth from slaves or going to war to make money for a rich uh, elite. It was based upon the creation of new wealth that never existed. It was an open system. It was not a closed system of diminishing returns. It was the opposite. Um, and the, the oligarchy lost a lot of their, their footholds and it was a wake up call. So what did they do? Well, they had to, to reconfigure things. They had to kill Aristotle, uh, uh, Alexander. How did they do that? Well, they poisoned him and who poisoned him? Well, according to Alexander's generals, it was Aristotle's nephew who was the one who actually did the work. Aristotle himself was a key player in the sort of Davos crowd of that day. He was kind of like a Yuval Harari, but a little bit smarter. Um, and a killer. That was the only thing he was good at on science was like plants and things that you can otherwise use to create poisons. Otherwise, everything he said about science was bat shit, crazy wrong. Um, so the, the fact that he's the one who's celebrated today as a great philosopher is a sign that you're run by a bunch of Satanists. Um, number two, afterwards, where do they go? Well, they carved up, they, they balkanized Alexander's empire into a bunch of little warring factions of small minded generals who just wanted their little territories like the Ptolemies, the Seleucids and others who started just fighting each other. And then what happened? Rome had Rome had this great, beautiful potential to it as a Republic, right? With a lot of virtue and values. And they had a, a strong alliance with Carthage, their, their Southern neighbor in Northern Africa, but on the West side and Carthage and, and Rome together for 250 years had s- a major bond of survival together where they backed each other up in different conflicts. Um, They were not taken control of yet by the oligarchy and that had to be destroyed. So what did they do? Well, they, they used all of their agents and fifth columns embedded within Rome. And they were like, that's going to be our new host. The parasite was like, okay, that's more strategic. We're going to do that. But first we had to cut off this Alliance, which they did under three Punic Wars. And when Rome finally said, okay, under the, the third Punic war, uh, Carthage, Delenda Est, and the Carthage was trying to, to surrender. They're like, white flag, we give up. We'll give up our weapons. You, you win, we'll negotiate. And just like uh, Zelensky, um, no negotiation. Everything was sabotaged. And instead, the command was given by, again, the Committee of 15, which gave the order to the emperor, or the, uh, before the emperor is the consul and the Senate, um, to kill every single man above the age of 16 and sell off all the children and women into slavery and do whatever you want, and Rome immediately turned into an empire. It was still called a republic, but at that point, it lost its soul. That's what Cicero even said in his works, um, and Cicero was trying hard to return Rome, you know, 100 years later back to its, its senses and didn't work. He got he got the Socrates treatment, right, and got his, uh, his head cut off, so Rome managed itself. It, the entire thing was, especially after it became a full-blown emper- uh, empire, it was cults within cults, within cults, the cult of Mithra, the cult of, um, oh, I forget again, Sibyl was like the Gaia cult that was tweaked for the, the Roman needs. It was essentially the same thing The war- Worship an earth mother, uh, sacrifice to the earth mother. Um, the, there was, there were a few others. The cult of ISIS was a big one that came out of Egypt, uh, at that time. But all of them were together, and the only thing that was was not a part of or playing along with the game was the advent of Christianity and a certain uh, grouping within Judaism as well that often worked with the Christians together um, as two monotheistic faiths that saw themselves from the same source uh, that didn't really respect or obey the principles of you know child sacrifice, orgies, hedonism, and worshiping the cults. But uh, and that's where that that power just undid it, it accelerated the undoing. Of the uh, the system, um, so you know this is what the oligarchy's been trying to crush from existence is the Judeo-Christian worldview, the the Abrahamic faith, anything that that has in in its essence, even including forms of Buddhism, forms of Confucianism, forms of Hinduism that all enshrine an idea that we're, there is one God, we're made in His image, and various various cultures you know wrap it with different stories. But the idea that you find in all of these great civilizations, who are now primarily working together in Eurasia, is that no, we are there is a, a lawfulness, a goodness, a beauty in the universe, which is in harmony with human beings. Each one of us is made in, in the image and can participate in that process. And laws are validated as good because they do that, or and they're invalidated because they de- destroy that uh, natural state. So this is this is like why they have these like it, it was more under the surface i think the satanism up until now but now it's like they're they're just going full blown right like you're just seeing this stuff at, at olympic ceremonies in london with g- giant like you've seen the images right of these giant oh yeah uh, scary 300 meter high uh puppets holding vaccines looking like a giant skeleton with little kids in bed like, <laughs> it's
0: insane Yeah, it's insane Oof.
1: And then you got like Pope Francis, like doing shamanistic uh, Gaia worshiping cult rituals with, uh, you know, different native tribes in the Amazon and bringing in this weird stuff into the Vatican itself and then trying to say, okay, we have to, we have to bring about a garden of Eden. And what's, what's that idea? Well, to be good, it means to uh, not have made that same mistake that Adam made by eating from the tree of knowledge. So go back to that pristine state of. of oh, liberty. let's all be you know, idiots. Yeah, you know, we're all like curled up with lions and stuff, and, and 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 we're all happily ignorant. Yeah, we're all idiots. We just don't have knowledge. We don't want it. We're just happy being animals. And that's like the uh, the interpretation that this green satanic pope, Jesuit, has been infusing into Christianity. And and you have Archbishop Vigano, uh, and you got you got other bishops and cardinals who are fighting. Yeah. But as far as like the core is concerned, that's so when, when I hear like like Pope Francis saying this week or just today, oh, yeah, I want to meet with uh, the, the, the war being pushed by NATO is so bad. Um, we need world peace and we need to have uh, a, a harmonization of the universal church and a, re, a reunification of the Eastern Western Church so that he wants to meet with our, uh, the, the, uh, the Cardinal uh, 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 Kirill of the, uh, the Orthodox mm-hmm. Eastern uh, Russian Church. No, right. no, I don't think that they trust him, and nor should they, because that's Delphic. He's a
0: lying snake. This is a yeah. guy who, who who was so dirty during the uh, entire overthrow that occurred in Argentina. He was intimately involved with all the money laundering and dirty dealings of the Vatican Bank mm-hmm. in Argentina
1: mm-hmm. during that entire time. He's as dirty as they come. Oh, yeah, he is something else. He, like, oversaw priests who were actually trying to fight uh this corruption he oversaw their their murders by the uh by the state um like no he's and he's trying to create a church of the poor no his his whole idea of creating a church of the poor is make everybody poor (laughs) and then have them have something that they can believe in um no this is this is why he's teamed up with the rothschilds and lynn forrester de, de rothschild right in creating the council for inclusive capitalism with the vatican they got a website um to, to, to moralize to infuse morality uh, into uh, these multi-billion-dollar um, oligarchs and their activities, it's 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 all a, it's all a fraud. They don't mean what they're saying. They just want to. Everything that they're all. saying, you got to assume that it's it's designed to uh, hurt and kill. Yep. Um, innocent people absolutely and it's not even common very I mean, well real communism yeah kind of kind of but it's even like it's even more than that it's uh it's like there's 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 communistic structures that they want to use to keep their control systems but it's really a feudalism it's it's got to see this as a technocratic feudalism oh yeah. yeah where nobody owns anything it's true and that's an element within like communism but it's, it's even more than that it's 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 defined because you know there are some communists you'll find historically who end up doing good things against the will yeah. of the oligarchy because they're more human than their ideology. And they will use the, the mechanisms that they see within Marx as, as mechanisms that they will politi- like use in real politic to uh, do good things, right? Invest in a big infrastructure project. They really want to pull people out of poverty. So it's not the, the Marxism. It's not the communism, which is accounting for the good that they do. It's the fact that they're human beings, right? First and foremost, uh, who will then do good things based on what they know. Um, but yeah, this thing is really a depopulation oligarchical oligarchical uh collectivism. You can maybe call it that. Right, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Unreal. Yep. Matthew Errett, the man,
0: the myth, the legend himself, the brain trust that you can go to. Get his books, third volumes out. Go to rising Tide as well as Canadian Patriot.org. Also subscribe to his Substack. Substack.com forward slash Matthew Errett, Go there or be square. Any
1: of the last words, brother? No, that's pretty good. Um, I guess, yeah, the one thing I would just say I, I want people to read the, especially volume three. Um, so if you, if you, I know times are tough. So if people don't have uh, the funds, uh, just shoot me an email at info at risingtidefoundation.net. That's managed by uh, Cynthia um, and uh, my wife. And uh, we'll, we'll send you a, a free copy of the, the books. Of course, that's our bread and butter. So, if you are able to uh, to help out and uh, pick up a copy, either a a hard copy on Amazon, or you can, you you know, we can sign a copy for you if you send us an email or a PDF. That's always preferable. And uh, otherwise, yeah, that's what you said was great. And with that being said, folks, we are over
0: and out. Uh, Tomorrow we'll be back in the morning, eleven a.m. with another episode of Cuss with Gus. Have a good one guys. All right, bye. Cheers.
2: Yeah.